Welcome to episode 215 of Texting with myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Hey, Jason. How's it going? Good. How about yourself? Pretty good. This is our first Monday afternoon show in a while. Yeah. Feel a little more awake than last time. Oh, you do? Yeah, I'm not so awake at 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> okay, good. Well, in that case, it's going to be chock block full of awesome content, and you are going to be on the ball. <laughs> we'll see. No promises. So, uh, how was your uh, Thanksgiving weekend? Oh, too much food. Yeah. Um, you take photos at all? It, no, actually, it's funny. I kind of put myself on a, a, a what would you like, the, my invisibility cloak? I put that on over the Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> Your rationality cloak? <laughs> I rationalize my behavior. Yeah. So Where I did, does that come from? What's I just didn't send her any pictures because it just didn't make sense. We're talking about sending my personal trainers pictures of everything I eat. And obviously on Thanksgiving, no. <laughs> the cakes and the. You know, the wine and the beer and the turkey and all that. How many days of of, of eating like that were there? I just did actually two days. I did two days where I didn't email her. Okay, so it wasn't like a four days, like mm. it started on Thursday and didn't until Sunday night. Yeah. yeah. That'd be bad. Actually, and I, I, I did a session with her earlier on today, and I've definitely got some a little bit of strength compared to the first time I walked in. Yeah, well, I told you, you know, I mean, you, 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 the first few times you do it, you think it's like you're going to, you literally think you're going to die. Like, this is the worst thing you've ever done. That Your body is just completely rebelling. Yeah. But, you know, over time, you, you start to, it gets easier and easier. And, you know, you'll see. It gets well, it's the four, it was the fourth session. Uh-huh. And um, basically, we did exactly the same that we did on the first session. But this time, I managed to make it through five rounds. Is it called sets? Five, five sets. sets. I made it through the five sets that I was supposed to make it through, yeah. As opposed to, what, two? You were dying. I did barely two. First there you go. I mean, in four is really early days. So, you yeah. know, you if, if you continue with this, which I hope you do, um, I think you'll be impressed with where you're at, say, in three to six months. It'll be, it'll be a big difference. Should be. Let's hope. Let's see what happens. Assume, assume you don't put your invisibility cloak on on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any other highlights for the uh, Thanksgiving weekend? Um, just, you know, that it was good. Um, getting used to the Thanksgiving tradition. Because you know, in England, we have turkey for Christmas. Well, we do too. We do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe it's just George's family that doesn't. They do. Oh, they do like shrimp and steak on Christmas. No, that's, that's so. So we have we have not... turkey twice. Yeah. In America. No, no. I mean, you know, people do different things. But if you talking about what the majority of people do, the majority of people, the vast majority, do turkey on Thanksgiving. Right? Yeah, that's tradition. And I would say a s- substantial majority do it on Christmas as well. Some people have ham, you know, they might have ham and turkey or whatever. But, you know, things like steak and shrimp, that's that's sort of. But it's so different. close together. I mean, it's only it's barely a month apart. So you think I mean, I can understand why you wouldn't do two massive Thanksgiving dinners barely a month apart. That, like that style dinner. Well, I mean, you know, like, <laughs> it's not like you don't eat like uh, the same kind of food, you know, twice in one week. I mean, how many days a week do That's you eat true. Mexican it's a good food? Point. How many days a week? I mean, you know, even but something it, like sushi, which has a very specific and strong taste. I mean, you you, you don't need like three months off before you, you eat each time you go to get sushi, right? I Maybe I, maybe I just place too much importance on thanks, on that kind of turkey meal, I think. I don't want more than one of them a year. Really? It's like just a special kind of meal. 
you know, with the stuffing and the turkey and the gravy and the sprouts and the mash, and I'm getting hungry right now. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, it's, you know, you don't have to. <laughs> you can have steak and shrimp if you prefer. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, so um, how about you? How have you been getting on? Good. Well, so we, you know, we went to Sandy's um, parents' place for four days. We were supposed to leave on Wednesday, except for some reason our soccer league scheduled a game that Wednesday night. Hmm. And you, know, you figure most people are leaving town. Yeah. Why would they do that? I don't know. I mean, it's just poor I planning. Hope you, I hope you had a good chat with them. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. I mean, it was like you could either forfeit or play. So it turns out that it turned out that we had f- six players. So I was the seventh player. So if I didn't stay, we wouldn't have enough. Which oh, would really so this be unfair. was for you. It wasn't for Colby. No, this is my men's team, right? Oh, Cobalt, okay. which yeah, you know, I ran for ten years and we took out. For so a this was Cobalt. Yeah. So we were back playing, and uh, so anyway, we had to we had to postpone our vacation for a day. Well, I hope you won. No. Oh, that's not only do we lose, but I missed the tying goal. It's just brutal, right? I mean, it was one of those things where the the ball's coming across the net, the keeper goes to the ball, misses it. I'm there, and I'm looking at the balls that's coming at me. I'm in slow motion. I'm thinking, relax, don't screw this up, knock it in, don't screw it up, relax. So I, I I pause an extra quarter of a second just to make sure I get a nice strike on it. But by pausing, the ball had a little extra time to lift in the air, and so when it hit it, it went over the crossbar. Oh, wow. I mean, it's just one of those things where you just like, you just feel like the biggest idiot. But presumably you miss a lot. I mean, everyone misses a lot, right? I mean, you see guys miss shots like that and you're like, how the hell did he miss that? I mean, guys who are fantastic players will miss this wide open shot and you're like, what, what, what kind of an idiot? And then you get, then you end up doing it and you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's sometimes it's good to be reminded, (laughs) but it's painful. It'd been much better to have not played the game and forfeited than to have gone and missed the tying goal. And be the guy who missed the goal. Oh. Ah, that's brutal. Anyway, well, so. No, but you're also the guy who set the team up, so. Well, I mean, you know, nobody's really going to say anything. I mean, there's going to be a minute like, dude, what happened? And then everyone shuts up because they, <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody. Everyone misses. Everybody that, misses. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we had to postpone our trip for a day, you know, which, of course, Sandy was not happy about. Plan was to leave on Wednesday. So I'm like, well, we can't leave on Thursday because, you know, I can't, I can't forfeit the game just for our plans. So you got down there, and did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was good. Sorry, you know, across there, should I say? Across there, over there, it's kind of right. Yeah. Right, it's. Uh, it, I guess um, I can't. Let's see. Vegas is a little bit north. It's northeast. So a little That's bit right. up. A little bit up. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's uh, it's north from us. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was good. You know, I mean, it was like I said, the turkey and gravy and all that kind of stuff. And we did a couple of fun things. We went and did the Sky Zone thing, which we did last year, which is the trampoline place where we take the kids and you just jump on. This is just like 20 trampolines long or maybe maybe 10 trampolines by six trampolines. Yeah. All tied together. So you could just bounce around trampoline. <laughs> and I, ha- I hadn't I hadn't been since previous year and I hadn't been to White Lotus, the, the, the gym that my, my friends go to, the, the stuntmen go to and do all the acrobatics. So yeah. I, I wasn't in the in practice of doing flips. And I was like, you know, I got to do a, I got to do a flip. Otherwise, I'm going to feel like, you know, I'm getting old. I'm, I'm losing. I'm getting I'm off my game. Right. right. So I, and I actually convinced Sandy to do a backflip before I even did one. I'm like, come on, do it. <laughs> she had done one last year. Right. Yeah. Which is pretty good for you don't see a lot of adults doing backflips, much less, you know, a, a a woman who's had three kids. Yeah. But she's, you know, she's in very good shape and everything, but still, I was pretty impressive. She, she was difficult backflip. And then I'm like, all right, no, I got to do it right. I got my wife to do one. So, did one, you do a backflip? 
I did. I got, I got it down. Then I did like 30. Once I did one or two, and then I was like, then I got, you know, you kind of like, the first couple of times you do it, it freaks you out because you look at the, you, 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 you know, you, you don't know where you are. You're, you're, up, you're upside down flipping in the air and you, yeah. it really freaks you out. But after the second or third time, you go, okay, yeah. You're nah. used to it. Used to, and then I could do like do multiple in a row, just land, boom, do another one. <laughs> was, was Kobe cracking <laughs> up? Uh, well, yeah, and my it was a great time. The kids are going nuts, and my my were they doing back? Were they uh, they were doing backflips? You no, know, Kobe with... could do front flip. He was little. He hadn't done it in a while, so he didn't want to do backflips. But he's doing front flips. My can little... he get much height because he's only little, right? So he doesn't have the same weight. No, they uh, can't get nearly. They as can't high. get the high. Yeah. No, I no no they can't bounce as high. But uh, it was fun. My my middle daughter Izzy's chasing me around. I call her Comic Kizzy, like a kamikaze because she just <laughs> she's constantly trying to you know you're not really you don't really want to be bouncing next to a six-year-old yeah. girl because you're gonna like send her you're flying her. <laughs> you're just, you don't want to land on her you yeah. want to send her flying yeah but that was fun you know he did that and uh you know just watch football went on a hike and you know that kind of stuff so it was good but on the um on the drive back um i well i remember how it came up we were talking about uh tesla i guess sandy's parents had heard me talk about it and they said oh there's an article about tesla in the paper. So I was reading it. And and um, I think they said something about a supercharger station in Barstow or Sandy had read about it before. And I'm like, well, let's stop. Let's stop on the way back because Barstow is on our way back. That's just about the time that we want to eat lunch. And that's tens, that's, that's, there's only a couple places that you can stop to eat. There's Baker and there's Barstow. I mean, there's places to stop between Vegas and uh, LA. So we stop at Baker on the way to Vegas and we stop at Barstow on the way back. And so, uh, you know, and it has all like the chain restaurants and stuff. It's like the Denny's and Starbucks and Chipotle or whatever. And and so I'm like, well, let's eat. And then let's. I just want to stop and see, see if we can see. You know, and you know, you and I had been we've been talking about it on the show. Yeah, I've we've, been telling people about it. We've been kind of imagining this like Whole Foods, Starbucks <laughs> slash Barnes and Nobles with like a charging station or something. Yeah, that's what it should be like. That's what it should be like. <laughs> well, it turns out it's just like four parking spaces. At the back of like, I think it was a country inn, like a, was like a chain, like motel yeah. thing. And it's, you know, it's kind of like the area in the parking lot where you might have the dumpster or you might have like, they might have like some utility van or something sitting like the very back part. There's nothing there. It just, and it's just got nothing. a big, like, cause you sent me a picture of uh, yourself and Colby. I'll, I'll put it up on the podcast. So yeah. You can see. And um, it's just got this big square post in the middle with one charging point. Yeah, in between each of the stalls, there's like a charger with like a little, like a hose thing. Oh, so so four people can charge at the same time? That's right. Yeah. And of course, now, nobody's there. I'm sure that not all superchargers are built the same, right? Yeah, so I was thinking about that. I was I was actually sort of debating this with um, with uh, Guyon earlier today. And he was of the impression that he's like, well, they should, you know, why not have a restaurant or why not yeah. have a cafe and stuff? And I said, well, okay, I agree that that would be kind of a cool thing to do. And I think ultimately they might get there, but but I, well, from my perspective, what's the most important thing for Tesla to do right now? Most important thing is to have the infrastructure, the recharging infrastructure throughout the country. So let's say that you're someone who's uh, considering you're 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 considering buying an electric car. You're like oh, okay, the hybrid electric, and then someone goes, oh well, you know, where are you going to recharge? And you know, these things only go like 150, 200 miles. And if you want to drive to San Francisco or Vegas or you know or wherever, I mean, two sixty-seven, two hundred sixty-seven miles. Model S, yeah, at okay. the moment. Okay, but regardless, you're you're going to be thinking, oh, that's that's kind of a real pain, and and Tesla understands that, so they're like, if what we need more than anything is to put up supercharger stations at, at at all of these on all these major routes that people are taking. So just cheap as possible. So basically, they, it's it's like building your fiber infrastructure. Right? I think so. I mean, if if I was 
if I was Elon Musk and I'm thinking, okay, we don't, we have a finite amount of capital. I mean, they're not Apple, right? They can't set up a boutique, you know, just like Apple could set up a boutique uh, Apple store at the in the most uh, at the highest quality store space, storefront space around the country. Well, you know, Tesla's not Apple. They don't have. They're not even the same. Well, also, I mean, there's just not. There's no point in building the supercharger stations uh, in the way that we envision them, and th- they will end up that way, but not now. Because there's not enough people who own a Tesla, right? Right. Well, that's the thing. I, I was thinking, you know, there's not even, there's not, yeah, there's not enough Teslas out there so that, I mean, imagine if even if you had some very bare, bare bones facility, you know, like you could go in and there was a couch and a table, you get some coffee or something. So then you got to pay someone to sit there. Same, just some, you're paying some dude to sit there and you're paying a minimum wage and like you get three cars come by the whole day. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's actually, it's actually probably cheaper just to give away the charging for free. Mm-hmm. Even if they had to pay, buy it off the grid, then it would be to pay a minimum wage worker to maintain it, much less have to pay for, you know, um, uh, real estate expenses. So if they had, even if you bought something simple, I mean, you still have to pay, for, you know, you know, if the license or, or, or pay or a lease for the, for the space and you got to spend, you know, money um, uh, building it out and branding it and all this kind of things, but and buying insurance and things. But if it's just like four parking spaces, you go to like various play, various um, like the country in, and you say, "Hey, we want to. We'd like to. You know, we'll pay you. You know, a thousand dollars a month or five hundred dollars a month for these four spaces." And, we're gonna, and they're going to be like, "Okay, fine." Well, let's go forward ten, maybe fifteen years. Let's say fifteen sure. years, right? Mm-hmm. So, do you think that in fifteen years the majority of cars will be electric? Majority? Let's say twenty years. I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to take a long time. I mean, our our, our you know, cars last a while. I think. I think we, I think we are with electric cars, kind of where the when you know about when the Prius first came out. Oh, you think? Because because I'm thinking in like 20 years time, all gas stations will be kind of migrating to to just being electric, and um, because they've they've already got the like Esso for example, right, and Shell Oil or whatever you know any of these ones. I bet you that they're just going to migrate their infrastructure to electric and work in the whole services thing much more than they do now. Yeah, I mean, I think it will over time. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'd have to see like a graph of the numbers. I mean, it's so early, it'd be hard to extrapolate anything. But I mean, I, th- I think, you know, you remember when the first Prius came out? When was that, like 2004? Mm. 2000, you know, and they, they're still a, a very much a minority, but they're still, it's like a mainstream minority, right? Lots of people have Pri- have own a Prius or, or a Chevy Volt or these other hybrids. It's not like this sort of really weird niche thing that people are buying. It's, you know. Well, the Tesla S is something special because I was speaking to um, George's dad and George's grandpa and they, they are not technically inclined. They do not care about energy. They don't really... They're not interested in saving the environment. Like all of these things. I mean, they just, they, they're, they just the, want. they're the kind of people who buy a big truck, right? Uh-huh. They, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, because they, they do have a big truck. But when, <laughs> <laughs> so obviously they're the kind of people who buy a big truck. Right. <laughs> so, um, but when I showed them the, the video about the Tesla and they were both really interested, like unexpectedly, they were both like, I, re- I want to try that out. I want to drive that. I want to see what that's like. Like it just sparked something in their imagination. Well, it won, you know, as we've talked about, they won, it won Motor Trend Car of the Year and it won in all seven categories. And it was unanimous on all seven, 11 judges, unanimous on all seven categories about design and performance, everything. I mean, it, 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 it uh, ran the table. It was a total, <laughs> it was like a football game and, they, and, they, and like the Super Bowl and they, they, they would score is 42 nothing. I mean, it's just a total dominance. Yeah. Um, so, it, so, it, and, 
Did you see the um, the talk that Elon Musk gave at? I uh, was at Oxford University. You know, I, yeah, and I did. I want you to hear about that. I actually listened to three interviews from him because I was working, and I just kind of kept going one interview after the other, and a Peter Thiel interview. So I want to get into that. So go on, let's hear about. Well, what I the- I really like that because basically what he was saying, he like the strategy was just perfect, so spot on. He's like, look, you know, our first model is going to cost more than seventy thousand, whatever it is. So we might as well make it. You know, don't or hundred thousand. I yeah. mean, it's going to be real expensive. No one's going to spend that much for like a Ford Escort. Type it's what he said. It's like it's going to look like a, a Corolla. You know, it's going to hundred thousand look like a Corolla, but they will spend a hundred thousand dollars for a really fast, Fancy cool looking sports car, car, right? So he's saying at the very first, you know, it's very um, high cost, very low production, low then, volume, high low, cost, low, low volume. volume. Then the next one they're going for is medium cost, medium cost, medium volume, which right? Is, which, and and then they're going to go for low cost, high volume. It makes total sense. You think about it, yeah, like that makes totally absolute sense. sense. But they also they they spend a lot of they put a lot of effort not only in the engineering but in the uh, sex appeal. Like you have to make this kind of thing. This is yeah. what people want. They 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 want it regardless of whether it's electric. Like, or I don't. Gas. Yeah. It's just this is the best car. Yeah, it's awesome. So the um that's really funny. Um. Uh. He also there was one of the other interviews with him. I I I, I watched a talk he gave with the um the press club yeah. and i also watched interview with, with pando daily sarah lacy who does pando daily did as fireside chat which are really good i've listened to a couple of those and uh one of the things they're talking about was hydrogen well, what about hydrogen you know people talk about hydrogen you know the big companies like gm and ford and stuff right, talk right. about hydrogen and he just starts burst out laughing before they even finish he's like you know fuel cells and he says we call them full cells he's like because he's like it's ridiculous he's like the thing about fuel cells is that the what they're hoping they'll be in the in the, in the future, what they're anticipating they'll be, is where is where batteries are right now, and battery technology is increasing about eight to nine percent every year. So compounded, we're going to be way way further along. It's not even, and plus you have the infrastructure. How are you, how are you um, going to distribute hydrogen? Well, but I think part of the reason why they're doing it is because it is unattainable, so that they can hold on to petrol more. Yeah, you're you're uh, very clever because that's exactly well, that was exactly what he said. He said, you know. And he's just speculating like you because he's obviously not on, in the board meetings or the senior strategy meetings at GM. So who knows exactly what they're saying? But he's like, but he thinks that, you know, the public is demanding that these companies do something. So it's like the long finger promise. Oh, we promise we're going to get this done for you. It's always though. 10 years in the future. So then they yeah. can work on this thing and, hey, we're doing, you know, we're working on hydrogen and it's a future and they can do a commercial. So if, if they're continually pointing, 10 years in the future, it seems like they're doing something. Mm-hmm. The public can feel, oh, you know, this is a very hard, difficult transition to make. The, the companies are looking after us. They're doing the best, you know, they can. So we don't have to push Congress or the politicians to force them to do something. Um, they're on it, you know, but then they don't have to really spend a lot of money on, on uh, changing everything that allows them to make money. I mean, big companies, well, any kind of institution or anything that's, that's successful – or profitable or, 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 or owns a market, they don't want that market to change too much, right? There's too much risk. They'd rather just keep things the same yeah, as much as possible, you know? So, yeah, that's exactly what he said. So, so something else that, because <clears throat> I, I showed a little bit of that, um, that Oxford talk to uh, George's dad. Mm-hmm. And he, he basically came up with the observation. I don't know if it's correct or not, but it was interesting. It's like, he seems like someone, because you know how he's not an amazing speaker? Like, he's not a great, an amazing speaker. He said he kind of seems like someone who has an incredible amount of knowledge in his head and he's trying to say, like, he, he grocks it completely. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to distill it and say it in a way that 
that like the average man can say but he's really having a hard time kind of processing that that information saying it in a simple way i think he i i think the way he speaks is very genuine and he's very earnest he's not trying to um persuade people with um you know with uh dazzle and 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 dreams he's trying to be very he's an engineer and it's and, and most engineers are, have a hard time BSing. They're like, just as this is how hard this is. This is what we're working on. This is what we think we can do. You know, you know how it is. I mean, you just can't BS about stuff that you build. You're just too aware of it. And, yeah. um, I, I, you know, his, how earnest he is about the, the space exploration and Tesla and everything and uh, how specific he is and how he can answer everything asked is, is just amazing. And I feel like I'm watching, uh, the reason, one of the reasons I root for him, not only because I like what he's going after, but it's like I'm watching the movie Rudy. Do you remember Rudy? Oh, right, right, yeah. Not that he's like an underdog to that level, but it's just like the, the kid just wants it so bad. And that's all he's... And you're just like, Rudy, no, but, Rudy, right? You but know? it's funny because he can, he can come across uh, in the wrong way sometimes, like in the way that I don't think he intends. He doesn't mean to be like this. But for example, in England, when he was being interviewed um, for the, by the BBC... They were saying, so, you know, what do you think of the Falcon, right? Falcon Falcon was like, <laughs> well, they, they don't have a hope, right? They just don't have a hope because, like, the, their cost structure and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, they've just got to change everything. They've got to start from scratch. Otherwise, we're going to beat them. You yeah. know? <laughs> and it's the, the way that he says it, like, it, it, if you didn't kind of know the whole background, you may think, oh, he's just being arrogant. But he's not. He's just, just telling you the He's truth. just basically telling the truth, right? Yeah, it was really interesting. He was talking about how China is difficult to compete against China because you're comp- because they're Chinese. The Chinese highly subsidize. Yeah, they're a rocket company. He's like, it's difficult. He's like, I think we'll still win, but it's 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 tough, right? Well, and um, also the the other interesting question. I don't know if we mentioned this in the last show, but basically when the BBC said to him, "So, what do you think about patents? Did you see this? patents? Patents? Did you see this?" Oh well, patents for your English speakers. All right, so, so non-American he, speakers. So he goes, um, he goes, uh, we're, like, no way, we're we're not going to use patents. That would just be like an, you know, uh, a recipe for the for the Chinese to build. Yeah, well, they, it, it, like, as he said, you know, the, the the Chinese have a history of absconding with intellectual property, and he's like, there's zero recourse for it. Hmm. He's like, so it's, it's basic. It secret. So it's SpaceX. They 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 have a policy of basically filing no patents for that very reason. And I talked to a, fr- a friend of mine whose friend works at SpaceX or does does some contract work at SpaceX, I think, or, or something. He said that, yeah, that they don't hire they, – they, they almost hire no non-American engineers for that purpose. Hmm. You know, I mean, it's just worried about people, like, uh, you know, corporate espionage. That's interesting. I wonder if you get done for the, you know, in the – uh, the political correctness. No, what's yeah. the, the you know the equal opportunities? Yeah, no. Well, you know, you don't have to hire Chinese engineers to for equal opportunity. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> like, um, but you know, I mean, I don't know if this is true. This is a friend of a friend kind of thing, right? right? Okay. Um, but uh, then he said at Tesla that they do file patents because they do have recourse against other corporations, right? So if you know if GM steals some technology, they'll just sue GM, right? But mm. if China steals it and does the rockets, is there's what, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's that's a different kind of scenario. But uh, the, the interesting thing he was talking about was uh, the one thing that was just frustrating. But I'm glad he brought it up at the press club interview. He said that um, he said you know they're doing well with NASA, you know, and 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 someone said, well, what a, well, a couple things about this uh, that he said right in this um, sort of segment. He goes, people asked about like, wow, you know, forty percent of your businesses, you know, NASA, the U.S. government. I mean, you know, well, is you know, you you depend on the U.S. government. It's sort of as if like you know, there's some sort of subsidized company he's like look you know if you make pencils about 40 percent of your business is going to be the government right i mean the government is huge the u.s government is massive in what they buy so 
is like, but they're having trouble with um, uh, the Air Force because the Air Force is 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 they're tied into the Lockheed. They w- yeah, they want to um, extend their sole source providers to Lockheed and Boeing, meaning that they the sole source providing means that. They don't have to compete. They don't have to like the Air Force and say, "Hey, we want this new fighter jet or we want this new missile." And then you know, five or ten companies go compete and bid and say, "Oh, we can build it for this and this," and 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 they pick the the best one, right? It's just like, no, we're gonna Boeing's gonna tell much of they're gonna charge us, and we'll say okay. And it's what they call cost plus, and that's why the government gets, gets these big companies can charge such outrageous sums of money. Well, it needs to be stopped. It does. So he said, and to to, to extend it to 2018, he's like, but. For what they cite, the reason is, is 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 preserving the industrial base. He's like, but the problem is that the rocket, I think they call the Atlas rocket that both of these companies use, is uses a uh, a Russian engine, and like most of its fairing and other major components are made by a company in Switzerland. He's like, so what industrial base are they preserving? <laughs> is the question. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, so they're not on it. And he's like, the thing is, is that um, is that SpaceX has one percent the lobbying power that Boeing and Lockheed have. Well, I mean, it just shows you the corruption that goes in, right? I mean, yeah. the corruption is crazy. And, uh, you know, it, it, that's, and you see, because, you mean, SpaceX and Tesla and Elon Musk, they represent the best of sort of, I, I don't want to say American, but just of, of, of technical ingenuity and, and entrepreneurship and everything, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be just American, being in Australia or Europe or whatever, but it's just, it's just earnest. They're just trying to do a great job, trying to build great stuff. And they're up against so many critics and naysayers and corruption. And it's just so frustrating to watch, but they're still winning in the end, which is awesome. Well, and you're like, just, just to cap this conversation off. You're winning because your your wealth in Tesla has gone up by like eighty bucks, fifty percent. Right? <laughs> no, I've got an eighty bucks. Are so, you, are you you're eighty bucks richer? I think about eighty bucks richer. That's great. Uh, so Sandy bought. I told her we were driving back. I said I want you to go ahead and buy. So we had like thirty three shares, which is what was left over from our original purchase of Facebook. What did you say to her as you're in the car? Hey, honey, buy, buy, buy. <laughs> well, no, I told her. I said, you know, I I said I. I uh, ultimately want to own a significant have a significant position in tesla i mean it's one of the few companies that i am 100 percent believe in i mean i would not bet against elon musk period so what, what do you want like a million in tesla no well i mean i wouldn't put like all of my investment capital but i would i would put you know i would like it say the end of the next couple of years have like 20 percent of my investment capital in tesla you twenty percent of your investment and, capital and over the next three oh, or four yeah. years. I would ultimately What's like your to investment have, capital going to be over the next four years. I don't know. We'll see. But um, I, but I, I the the rule of thumb that I'm reading that uh, Stephen Cohen of Sat Capital. He's one of the all time greatest hedge fund investors of all time, and uh, Sat Capital is one of the biggest funds, if not the biggest hedge fund in the world. And um, you know, I remember in an interview with him, um, he would talked about. You know, in, t- in reference to diversification, he's like, with eight, if you hold eight stocks, for instance, you'd have 80%, assuming that they're not unreasonably correlated or anything, they'd have eight, you'd have this, you'd have 80% of the diversification if you, as if you held 80 stocks. So it's like the 80 20 rule. Right. Have it around eight, shoot for around eight investments. So, you know, if I, in, investing in 20 or 30 isn't buying you that much more. It's better to have like eight really good. Thing, investments, things that you really believe in, that you really understand. You're like, mm. I know this is going to do well. Now, having all your wealth tied up into one or two or three is kind of risky and kind of it's kind of dumb. I mean, the only free lunch in 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 finance and investment investing is um is diversification. That's yeah. it. But the problem if you over diversify means you, you, meaning that 
you, you invest in too many things, it's like you don't have enough knowledge about those things. You don't really know about those well, things. Well, the other thing is, is that if you have 20% of, of your investment capital in Tesla, and Tesla goes from 30 bucks to 200, mm-hmm. then you've made a lot of cash. Mm-hmm. Whereas if only, you know, if, if you split that up many, many ways, very few of them are going to go for, for that big, yeah. big rise, right? And you're not going to make so much cash. Yeah, so I, I kind of, I kind of would follow the Warren, War, the Warren Buffett rule on this, which is like, you know, if you see something that's a really, really good deal, you just you, you know, like invest yeah, in it. Right? Now that buy you keep it. on talking about it, everyone's going to buy it on the show, and it's going to go way up. And I think maybe one person might have <laughs> bought Tesla as we talk. I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, so anyway, but Sandy bought the the uh, sixty-seven shares, so now we own a hundred shares. Okay, you own, you uh, own a solid hundred. I'm like, I want to at least get a hundred shares, and I think over the next few months, I'll build it up. I'd like to ultimately have like maybe a thousand shares. Wow. Of Tesla over the next, you know, year. Great. Slowly build a position, average in, because I just believe in it. Now, and there's other things I believe in too. I believe in Uber, right? right. But I have a position in Uber. Yeah, right? really my options do, yeah. and the things that I just like. It's just a runaway train. I mean, I see the growth. It's a runaway freight train. You better well, get no out of No one else can invest in it. Right. Uh, yeah. And there are things like, it's like when you saw Google back in 2005, 2006. Had, had I had the capital at that time, and I was like, I would have bought Google because they're a freight train. Everything about them. you a lot them. richer now, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not just going to go invest in a bunch of random things. It's just things that I understand and that I, I'm willing to take the time to um, research and whatever. But, and, but the fundamentally that I just believe in. Right. So, um, oh, one thing I want to say. One other thing I want to say about it. So, I was talking. We were talking about investing. Uh, uh, I was talking about investing with Sandy, and I said, and she's, and I was asking her. I'm like, you know, we need to find, you know, we need to decide what we're going to put our sort of uh, conservative investment in. You're like, you don't want to put all your money in stocks, right? You, you probably want to be a little bit diversified, a little bit have some stuff in some low risk, you know, like bonds or saving, you know, CDs or something. And she she was looking to see like what can we what can we invest in that's low risk that is going to give us a better return on our savings account which is basically giving us almost nothing and she said you know even the five it was like the five year CDs were were, were like one percent one percent return yeah it's like nothing so, so there's no point in even there's almost no point that you're, it does it's not worth the lack of liquidity it's better to just stay hold on and say I'd rather I'd rather have all this cash in a savings account and I can pull out in an instant if I need to, rather than having it tied up in a, in a five-year CD for 1%. Yeah, no, that It's ridiculous. So it's like, yeah. So I, I sent another email to, uh, to Rob, and I said, uh, you know, because, you know, he has his, uh, I, I can't talk about his project, but I just said, as I said before in the previous show, I you absolutely believe in it. it. Well, it's not that I would invest in Rob for anything. If he said, I'm going to go start an electric car company, I'd be like, no, I'm not. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. But when someone does something that's very is well within their wheelhouse. It's just something they know how to do. And and, and and you like the idea and you can see that there's that there's money in there, then you wanna it's like it's a gimme putt, right? It's high probability. So what did he say? Did he say yes. I told him, I said, so what's I said, what's going on? He's like, oh you know, and well, we're gonna have him on next week. So we can ask him to, Okay, great. He can probably hint around. He's not gonna talk about it, I'm sure. <laughs> and he's he's probably not that crazy. Well I'm sure he's fine with me just Talking about what I'm talking about here, but I, I but I, I reminded him. I said, "Look, I got a ten thousand dollar check with your name on it." <laughs> and he's, I said, and he was like, he, he, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. And I said, in fact, I think I'm just going to go ahead and mail it to Sherry for safekeeping to save me a spot, <laughs> just in case. Because <laughs> I'm, she, she's not going to return the money, right? If I said, if I have a ten thousand dollar check and I send it to Sherry, she's going to be like, Rob, 
that's ten thousand dollars. <laughs> if it's well, just, I don't know. I mean, that's if it's just if it's just Rob and I talking. Well, I know Sherry personally, right? So I could do that. Like, hey, Sherry. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just uh and she may be insulted. No, I, mean, no, she, I told her before. I told her when we were had kids on the playground. I'm like, I'm just gonna mail you guys a check. <laughs> That's the thing. We just start up. You know, start. Yeah, but like, I mean, how would you see a return in that kind of scenario? It's it's different to to stock market, right? What's Rob gonna do? He's gonna go. Okay, well now my you know my SaaS business is earning thirty grand a month. So you're gonna get. You know, no, he could pay dividends. Five percent. He could pay dividends, or he could grow it out and sell it in five, five to seven years, or something like that. I so mean, that's what you're thinking. It's yeah. like a sale in ten years, kind of. Thing. Yeah, I mean, knowing knowing these micro businesses, I mean, he'd either be paying himself a dividend, right? And if I was a, you know, or the investors, whoever invested in it, you know, would get an equivalent div- percentage dividend, or he could uh, just sell it in five but years. Would that? I mean, what kind of percentage would you expect as a dividend on that? Well, I don't know. I mean, I see. I like for ten grand. What kind of percentage look, would you expect of Rob's company? I, I don't know. Here's the thing. I believe in Rob. I believe in this idea. You know, he's he's someone I would just trust. So he's going to do something to maximize the return on it, right? I don't need a dividend. So if he wanted to do a dividend, and, and it, this doesn't have to be Rob. This can be anything, right? Just any yeah. micro business. So Rob, if you're listening, <laughs> this, this, we don't mean to put you on the spot here, yeah. <laughs> but just for any any um. Any micro business. I mean, it's just uh, the the idea is that they don't pay dividends; that they would just sell it at some point, and uh, and you get a return there. Yeah, I, I think I I think that I think there would be a small the chance of failure for Rob doing what Rob does is relatively small. So, so what would you be looking for in terms of return over te- over ten years? For I would like be I would I would be pretty confident of a five x. So basically, you'd put down ten grand, and you'd hope for fifty grand in seven years. Five to seven years, you know, five to ten grand, five five to ten x. But, but which is way better than one percent return. No, I get it, I get it. A but, little riskier, but it's not going to make you rich. I mean, you'll you'll just end up, you know, in seven years' time when you're probably going to be rich anyway. I'm going to be rich anyway. Yeah, I'd say. How am I going to be rich anyway? Of course you are. Come on, <laughs> you're doing fantastic at the moment. All these different things that you're doing. No, okay, right? you know, I mean, it's if but if you have ten of those investments. Eight of those investments, right? And so in ten years, you get a seven hundred grand payout. Well, okay, look, they're not all going to go ten x, right? I mean, that would be ridiculous. But let's just say that on average, you get some pretty good returns, and you're going to do way better. I mean, you, you know, let's say that, let's say over a period of, let's just for simple math, let's say that, which is more than I would be able to say, but let's just say you had a hundred thousand dollars investment capital over a period of a year, over a year, right? I mean, if you save that, if you did that for five years, that's half a million dollars. That's a lot of money. But that's not quite enough to retire on, in, in li- unless you're living and, and have pay for kids' college and stuff. But if all that, if, but if a few of those, you know, a few of investments that were went ten x, five or five x, and you ended up having a few million, that's a big difference. Okay, so now you let's say you take the same hundred grand, mm-hmm. and rather than put it in these different people's companies, you decide, okay, I'm going to think of an idea, right? invest it all myself, invested it in yourself, but but to get other people to build it for you. So your your hundred grand is basically in purely invested in you managing a business. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you be more likely to get more than that money back in seven years? It depends. I I don't know. I mean, the question is is Rob? Would you invest? Would you bet on your on, on yourself over Rob? Right now, I mean, I don't well, know. I mean, let's. Uh, for, for, but if you invest in Rob, you don't have to do anything. Rob well, does all the work. Okay, uh, <laughs> you'll uh, get a over, over a seven year period. Yes, I would because because the thing is. 
I need money. I mean, I, I need money to invest in myself. And if I'm just giving it away to other people and then I'm just getting, I don't know, a 5x return in seven years, like I would have to make a crap load of money to make a crap, I'd, I'd have to make a crap load of money in the first place to invest a hundred grand to then get that money to get 700,000 in seven years time versus if I'm just invest all that cash into myself now and growing my business and doing all the different things, I'm probably going to, I mean, even Plugio, you know, already made over 60 grand this year. No, in, in total. In aggregate. In, in aggregate, it's made over 60,000. But, but I mean, by I'm not really doing any more work on it now. But, you know, over the next few years, it's going to make another 40, 50 grand, right? So if I found some way to make that process easier to a little bit more automated, you know, to, by working with other developers or whatever, that would probably be a better investment. Well, first of all, you're, I don't need the extra, I don't need the money to invest in myself. Right. I mean, how much money? I mean, I, I'm consulting while I'm building this stuff. I don't I don't need to take six months off to work on something. You can kind of do it on the side. No, I know. But the problem is, is it goes very slowly, like, for example, with any food. Whereas if you just took 100 grand and just hired, just completely outsourced the business, outsourced the sales, outsourced this, outsourced that. Right. Then you you wouldn't have to take any other time I mean, just be like just, a you know, a management call kind of thing. Yeah, but then you're way over invested in one thing. That's true. You're, you're, you're your diversification because you could quick easily lose that hundred grand. You way, your your risk is way higher than if you had uh, if you were lucky enough to have like say eight Rob like investments. But see, it's a funny thing about investing in one thing, right? I, I often think about this because, say, for example, you take the idea of Rob. Inv- you know, he's put his time into Hittail, right? Mm-hmm. That's one thing that he's invested in. You could almost say you could almost say that he's hedged as well by investing in that one thing because Hittail he has like 20 different advertising strategies you know so he advertises via his website he advertises via AdWords he advertises via Facebook he he's got these affiliate deals he's got these deals so all of those different things are kind of like hedges as well do you know what I'm saying even though it's just one business yeah, it's I got deep that. roots it's one business with deep roots yeah because like you've You've invested, like, you know, just saying Plugio as an example, I mean, you've tried lots of different things and there's advertising yeah, but, but, and, then, but, and, and very few, if any of them worked at anything. But Plugio is a kind of a unique example as well, because the problem with it is, is because it's based on an API, because it's based on Twitter, because it's all like that. Like a, a, you can pick your business before you start. So something like Hittail is not constricted in any way. I mean, it just works for websites, inverted commas, right? You could pick any number of businesses that are just horizontal. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy it. I think. Um, I think the core. I, I don't think that's remotely the same kind of diversification. I. I, I would. Um, so here's the thing. I mean, I'm in a particular situation, and, and you're kind of in a situation. This. So when you become sort of a senior level consultant, let's put it that way. Yeah. Right. That you can charge pretty good rates, and you have a few number of clients, so you have some diversification, and you can make more than you need to live. Right. right. To support your family and you have extra capital, then you're in a different position than if you're, say, in your 20s or early 30s, and you don't make that kind of money. And in that case, you're not going to make enough to invest in anything. You're not going to credit investor. You probably don't know enough people to invest in, even if you knew them personally and, and didn't have to be a credit investor. Then you have, have to invest in yourself. So investing in yourself, I'm not saying that it's a bad idea yeah. for people to do that. And, and um, I'm just... With, with a wife and three kids and a mortgage, I'm taking a slightly different approach now where I'm saying, okay, I'm going to maximize my 
upfront cash. So I can, so I have security because I can't I cannot take those financial waves anymore. It cannot mm-hmm. be a situation where like, you know, there's not enough money to sign Colby or Izzy up for summer camp. That yeah. just can't happen anymore. Can't happen. Okay. It's fine when, you know, when you're 35 or 25 and, and, and it's just you and your wife and you're like, oh, we're kind of short of money next month. This is, this doesn't, this doesn't work anymore. It sucks. Yeah. It's, it's way more painful. It's not you, you and I going without money for a, a period of time or, or you know, like, I don't feel like I can go out to eat this weekend because I'm kind of long cash. That's fine. But when it, when you, when you're, when you're not able to do the things or, or afford to pay for the things that you feel like you should be able to as the primary or sole provider family, it's just, it's a different, it's a different game. On the same note, do you think that we could just dump some cash into any foo to turn it into a bit more of a profitable business? Possible. I mean, could we take that strategy? Because the strategy of us working on it isn't working brilliantly because we're both so overloaded with time. So this, we're sort of at that stage where we probably, you know, if we, were, if we were smart, we would find a way of outsourcing it. It's possible. I mean, you know, the thing about any food now is that a lot of the infrastructure, base infrastructure of a version one is there. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some missing pieces. There's things that need to be finished up. There's sort of the, the emailing system, the auto emailing system that would email clients and experts to do the next thing that they're supposed to do. They forgot to submit the invoice. They forgot to pay the invoice, that kind of stuff. And then there's sort of the dashboard sessions management stuff, you know, so there's probably, you know, 40, 50 hours of work between those two things to get those things really in shape. And with that, I think you got a really solid version one in terms of functionality. Yeah. Um, the UI, I think, is, you know, I think it's a, I think the overall look of it is, is, a, is a B. I think the front page is a C plus. I think it's, a, it's, it's pretty weak. I think we can make that a lot better. Um, but those are the kind of things that, yeah, you could spend some money and, and, and outsource. So, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to doing that. But what about building of the experts? Can that be outsourced? Because that's really mm-hmm. the main thing we need to do. Yeah, I mean, they probably wouldn't be as um, they it wouldn't it wouldn't be as easy than if if you or I did it because when a founder contacts somebody, it just seems very um, genuine, and it, it's easier for them to. It, it's easier. F- it, 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 just think about it this way: if if some guy's starting a company and they contact me, they say, "Hey, Jason, I'm starting this company." Can you help me out, or can I? Can you? Can, I'd like to talk to you about this. And you're much more willing to 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 engage in a conversation like that if there's somebody who works at a company and wants. To it's ironic that you say that because when when Udemy, uh, Udemy contacted me, Is it Udemy or Udemy? I think it's Udemy actually. Well, so, okay, I'm not not entirely sure, but I think it's Udemy. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Udemy, like you are the academy. Yeah. Udemy, okay, right, maybe okay. it's Udemy. So when they contacted me, I asked them that question. I said to the person, "Are you are you a founder of this company?" Because they were speaking, you know, like as if they had a stake in the business. And they said, oh, no, no, I'm not. You know, I'm one of, one of um, the people who work here. And that made me think, oh, this is actually a proper company. This is a substantial company. This isn't just mm-hmm. one person. So yeah, it actually maybe- made me think, this is, you know, this is a better company to, to get involved with. Otherwise, I wouldn't have given it a second thought. Oh, they don't have the market. They don't have any people. They're not even big enough to have staff, right? So Yeah, so... Um- Hey, you had a good point. I mean, maybe that's true. I mean, they're, they're, I, I would see, I would think that it would be hard to find somebody who would be, and, and maybe this is my own ego. Maybe I'm wrong. I would think it would be hard to find someone who'd be as good at talking to uh, experts as me. But 
if I don't have to do it, <laughs> even if they're even if they're half as good, as long as they're like reasonably friendly and knowledgeable yeah, yeah. and enthusiastic. Um, because we're we're going nowhere at the moment. We're literally yeah, we're, yeah. So we're treading water. Even if I was the best in the world at this, yeah. if I'm doing it zero times, this still net effect is zero. Expert it's absolutely experience. zero. Right. So if there's somebody who say fifty percent is good, their their conversion ratio is fifty percent, but they're doing you know they talk to five experts a day or three experts a day, then the the, the return is is way higher. I think that's a good idea. I think we should talk about that more offline. I mean, so I don't want to beat it to yeah. a dead time, but that's yeah. a good idea. So look, I mean, just to bring it all around, I mean, I am absolutely not against investing yourself. I mean, I think there's, I think that's a higher, it's probably a better use of your money and time to invest in yourself than is to invest in other people, especially if you have more time than money, <laughs> right? But I'm starting, it's kind of funny. You've got uh, more money than time now. Not yet, but it's starting to go in that transition because as, as I've been telling, at the end of this year, we're going to be completely out of debt yeah. aside from mortgage. So completely out of debt. And that's a different, because I've been in the debt hole for the last four years. I mean, and before that, it was startup. It was startup. It was ramen noodles startup life for like fifteen years. I got to say, we we are completely out of debt, but we don't feel completely out of debt. We, we've we're completely out of debt with cash in the bank, but we still because our goal is to like save up for a house. We feel like we're in one hundred and fifty grand's worth of debt. We oh yeah. That. Well, see, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what Sandy's talking about. To buy a let's say we wanted to buy a four bedroom house. Yeah. Because we have three kids, and I want to work at home. It's good. It yeah. would cost about one. I'm guessing one point seven million dollars. You'd have to, you'd have to pay three or four hundred thousand dollars for the down payment. For the down payment. I down, mean, yeah. So down. Sandy's like, I want to buy a house in two or three years. I'm like, <sighs> yeah, like how? That's yeah, brutal. Exactly. That that is, is brutal. That yeah. is brutal. That's after tax. But you. That's what I'm trying to say. You in three or four years, you're not going to make four hundred thousand by investing in Rob Walling right? Or anything or Tesla or any of those things. The only hope that you have, in my opinion, is by investing in yourself or in me or both in our, in our own projects. Yeah. No, or because that's the only thing that can or get my that Uber, kind of my Uber options, actually. You, I guess your Uber options. Yeah. But that true. might just yeah. end up, what that might end up doing is paying for my kids' uh, education, which is a lot because right. I have three kids. Right. So that's, that's probably what that'll go to. That Uber will probably pay for my kids' education. So if everything goes if, well. So what I'm saying is, if you spent a hundred thousand on getting experts onto Anyfoo, right, and we got like thousands of experts on Anyfoo, wouldn't you have a much greater chance of walking away with five hundred thousand? Yeah. In, so invest right. So investing in yourself, you have a much higher probability of hitting the um, kind of the double, the double. You're getting double bounced. Right, you know, like the, the trampoline analogy. <laughs> I mean, you, you, right? I mean, you you, you can really um, you, you can really get the the big return, right? Yeah. But it's still because you're in at the beginning. It's a, it's a, it's a pyramid opportunity, but the risk is way higher if 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 you put all in, right? I mean, like we we have we've seen our share of successes. We we know Ruben Gomez with Bid Sketch, or we see Rob Wallen with some of the stuff he's done, or whatever. But they're the minority. Vast majority of these things don't uh, don't work. Vast majority of these micro businesses are sort of ho hums. I mean, Plugio. The reason that you were invited to speak at MicroConf is because you were a standout with Plugio, right? You were somewhat of a standout. You weren't like huge, well, right? No, because it, because it went from nothing. It grew. It ha- it had a growth spurt because of the marketing stuff that we did. But now it's not. It's not that. I mean, I do think that, like for example, the birdie, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. 
I think that once people get, we don't know how much he's made. Corey did not say how much money. He's he's not. He's. I don't know if it's making as much as Blake. Freckle. I mean, once well, once Freckle is I think probably once doing you get better. traction, and I think Rob would probably agree with this. Once you get traction, as long as you're not stuck in too much of a, uh, like, Plugio is in such a unique situation. It's because it's up against things like Hootsuite. It's social yeah. media. It's on the API. It's it is in a unique scenario to not go anywhere. Right. It's much harder. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I think there's a lot of things that have. I think. I think it's it's hard to build a successful company. I think it's just it's just really hard. Okay. 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 But what I want to say is the the thing is it is hard. But if you look at Buffer versus Plugio, right? Mm -hmm. Plugio is overcomplicated. Like it's it's got all the polish and sheen, but still because it's overcomplicated, it's difficult to explain. It's highly invested in the Twitter API versus Buffer. That's just one simple concept. We just buffer your posts. Any foo falls along those lines, right? It's just so simple. So I do not think that when something's really simple and it's proven to be good, that it's just highly, it's much more likely to succeed as long as you execute on it well. Yeah, okay, look, I, I'm not trying to be a downer on startups and on doing micro businesses, okay? Right. I'm just saying that, you know, um, I'm thinking from a risk management standpoint, right? So yeah. if you're, if you're, if you have the ability and what I mean is the, the the opportunity to risk your time like that and risk your money that way, mostly it's just your time, then I would say do it because you're going to learn regardless. And you, you try third or fourth one might be a hit, right? But, um, but, but what I'm talking about is like if I have additional investment capital, right, I'm not going to take all of my investment capital in the next two years and invest it in my one thing now because I can't afford to end up with zero, Right? Okay, does question. that make a sense? Does that make sense? That does. I cannot with. So and it's hard. Question. It may be hard for you to understand when you're not. We think about when you have, when you don't have three kids. You got to picture yourself having three kids. You cannot end up being like, well, kids, I'm sorry. You know, we can't have a house, or we can't because they can't go to camp, or you can't get braces because you know I invested all my money in one okay, thing and, it, and it came close, but it didn't work out. Okay, here's my question to you: Do you think Elon Musk invests in ten companies, or do you think that all of his investments in himself? No, I know it does. He invested uh, 100 million in SpaceX, 70 million in Tesla, 10 in Solar City, and he had to borrow money for rent. So why doesn't he, right, just go out and buy loads and loads of stocks and shares like you want to do? I didn't say I want to go out and buy loads and loads of okay, companies, like, but, like eight, eight, but I but the additional capital that I make, I'm going to invest in a handful of things that I think are really really okay. promising, like Tesla and Uber, yeah, and Rob Wally. <laughs> 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 but I'm not going to take all of my extra cash and put it into any foe. Okay. No, no, good, it's good. It's too risky. I, it's not what I, I, or anything I, like we. I wasn't. Or, uh, I wasn't. Oh, but I mean, or anything, or any foe too, whatever the other thing is. Yeah. I'm just. It's too risky because because I've had two or three things that were almost home runs, right. and you, they can it can be a binary outcome. Unfortunately, at times you can be a thing like Prezo could have been a ten million dollar sale to Google. It ended up being a zero, and it was a blog post. I get a blog post out of it, hmm. you know? So instead of being the guy who's invited to speak at conferences about how I did this and this, you know, I got a, I got a freaking blog post <laughs> and sometimes it happens. And maybe it was my, maybe I made a couple mistakes that were the cause of it. Maybe it was just bad luck, but sometimes, you know, it's hard to determine what the difference is, but it just happens. And so you just have to decide what your risk tolerance is. But I think it's, I think for me, it's going to be a combination of doing both. It's going to be doing, you know, it's going to be building my own stuff, but I don't need money to do that. 
and it's going to be but the excess capital the excess capital that I accumulate I'm not just going to put in the savings account at 1%. I'm going to invest in things that I really believe in that I think could get a return. Is one that's essentially what I'm saying. Okay. Cool. Well, I think we we, we covered that. that one. Yeah, we covered that one. Nice. So, uh I, I've been watching The Walking Dead. Oh, it's a great show. It is a good show. I like I it. I have to say about rule number 1 is do not watch The Walking Dead right before you go to bed. <laughs> Why? It, it is a bad idea. My adrenaline levels adrenaline my adrenaline levels get so high i'm just like ooh. like i'm just why? i'm just jittery why i just get it, it kind of freaks me out but, but you know that zombies are stupid i mean you know it, that they're going to kill the zombies you know it's just a show i know i, I you know I've, obviously i know it's just a tv show and but it's funny it's still i get sucked into the story i yeah. am in their world I, I i don't know it always affects me so I, it freaks me out i mean i like it <laughs> i love the story Right. And I totally, you know, I totally agree with, I remember who was it, Ben Boiter or Alexander, one of our, one of our listeners who just wrote. kind of crapped on the whole zombie idea. Well, he, right? I mean, not that any of us couldn't dismantle it and pretty easily, but he, he wrote like a four or five paragraphs explaining why it was, it had no chance. Like, I mean, these things are, these zombies are stupid. They don't reproduce. They don't work together. They're yeah. slow. <laughs> I mean, it'd be pretty easy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but, you know, that's, it's just kind of like, you know, watching Lost. It's like, okay, time travel. Sure. Why not? Like, I'm just going to go with it, right? I'm just, you're just going to go with the constraints. For the sake of the story, right? I'm going to suspend disbelief on these handful of things, handful of uh, axes or whatever. And then I'm just going to rest and just go with it, you know? And, uh, but it's interesting. One thing I was thinking about, the reason I like watching. Um. Uh, things like Lost and and uh, are you watching, watching it on your iPad? Yeah, I'm watching it on my iPad in bed. No, I was watching it. Well, I was, we were at the in-laws. Well, I was watching it in bed the other night, but when I was at home, but we we're at in-laws. I was watching it downstairs. Everybody else went upstairs, went to sleep. But I'm telling you, that iPad it's so no, it's so handy. No, the problem with the iPad is I it's it's like it's like I live in a TV commercial where it's like everybody has you know it's like you can imagine like in a commercial where everyone in the family like, where's the iPad? Oh, you have the iPad. Or I have the iPad, and it's like the youngest one is like hidden away with it, like Aries, four years old, is playing a game on it or watching something. So it's like I have to like fight. <laughs> everybody for use of the iPad, which theoretically is mine, but I really don't get to use that much because everybody uses so it. So are you at a stage where you need to buy another one? <laughs> I might have to buy one just so that I can use it. Yeah, just so you can <laughs> use mean, it. This clearly... is daddy's iPad <laughs> and this is the family's But iPad. you know what's going to happen? What? I'm not going to use it because then Izzy, Izzy will be using it oh, and, and Ari's going to want it, Colby's going to want two, it, yeah. and it's like, I'm still not going to get it. You'd have to have four iPads. At least. There's five of us, you know, Sandy will claim that she doesn't use it. But the other day, I'm like, I see her in bed. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm just looking up. I'm like, you're using the iPad. I know. I know. <laughs> no, Ge Georgie hated it when we first got it. She said, I'm never going to use that. Now she uses it all the time. Right, right. So, yeah, you, you, you know, it is. It's addictive and it's uh, it's funny. But so, yeah, I was watching it. I was watching. Um, I was definitely watching. Uh, so what do you like about you, you were saying what you like about those stories? It, it's sort of a problem. Something like what would I do in that situation? Like, oh, how okay. would I get out of this? Like, what, what would I do? And it was funny thing, and I'm not giving anything away about the story, so if you're thinking of watching The Walking Dead, you know, don't worry, I'm not going to give away any spoilers or anything. This is just talking generically about you're in a world where most people are killed and there are yeah. a lot of zombies walking around. We'll call the walkers. It's like, the first thing you'd want to do is, I mean, there's a lot of things you want to do, but you think the weapons they have, it's like, I would be dying to try and find a, uh, uh, a silencer for a rifle. 
right? Because, you know, they always talk about, like, you can't fire a gun because then they all get attracted to loud noises, right? Don't shoot off the gun, right? Because next thing you have, you know, they're all, they're all they're like, they all start going to the sound, right? <laughs> and so you'd want to silence it, right? And the second thing you'd want is a sword, like I would want like a like a like a sword because you, yeah, you, you just you, you the heads off. right, and it's like, and it's like I would be dying because hitting I'd be hitting like old sporting goods stores or martial arts stores like you know like the blown out areas to go and try and find these types of weapons because you that, that's the first thing you need is some weapons to defend yourself. The second thing is like you want to um you want to create like some kind of a barricade but not a barricade but traps like booby traps you dig out holes where they would just fall in like a moat. Like a moat, but but yeah. traps like you're trapping one of these. They trap like uh, big animals. Yeah, and, and they they, would, fall, they fall on the spikes. They or they fall or they just fall on the ground. And you just come by and just shoot them. But I mean, that would take they a lot of efficient. a lot of effort to build to build those traps out. To yeah, I mean, it out. would take months of work. But if you had like a you know like a dozen or two dozen people, it's like let's barricade this place. The other thing is you go get motion sensors. Motion sensors are are not that rare. They're not that uncommon. And you'd like send them around to so like at least would look if it's turn on like a floodlight or turn on something that they're coming. I could imagine. Let's say for example, there was a hundred thousand walkers coming to your house. You had a house in the middle of a field. A hundred thousand. There was a hundred thousand okay. walking your way. Well, could, in, in in Walking for Dead, they never have that many, right? Uh, no, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. Well, we're, then you're we're, screwed, we're, right? We're saying, that, <laughs> we're saying that zombies could never get you, but I'm trying to give you a scenario where they could, uh-huh. right? You had you had a hundred thousand. And and, you, and, they, and so like the size of Wembley Stadium or something like okay. that. Okay. And they were all walking your way and you're in your house and you just kind of noticed them, even they were a mile away and they were coming your way. That would be a problem. <laughs> that would be a problem, yeah. On the scale of problems, that'd be pretty high. I'd rank that as a, <laughs> as a problem for a pretty big problem. Yeah, but what I would want to do is I'd want to get those guys and I'd say, let's go, you know, let's go into a semi-remote area. Not so remote that we can't go to areas and scavenge for equipment and, and supplies or whatever. But we could barricade, but then you'd want to go hunting for the walkers so that you're generally, the population of them in the nearby area is very low. There's l- low chance, little chance that one's going to come walking into your camp or whatever, right? So, but you could get, but if you had like three or four of them and each had like these sniper rifles with, um, with, with uh, silencers on them, you could just sit by, they can't tell where the shots are coming from and just take off. Bang, 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 bang. I'd get a micro light. I'd get an army of microlights. You know microlights. A microlight. Microlights like a um, like a hang gliding thing, but it's got a motor, <laughs> right? <laughs> but if they, if you actually hit like a like a dead air and you go flying, no, 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 because they the, the motor powers it. Okay, like, so you uh-huh. you just you basically micro microlights like a little. So you'd be plane. flying around your microlight. Yeah, you'd fly. You'd fly and you'd go. Doo, 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 <laughs> like you'd shoot those I don't things. even think you'd have to do that. I think you could just get up in a you know. I think you could just surround them. In the, in the dark, right? You just go and surround them, get them triangulated. They get just you land, be shooting fish in a barrel. You just take out like a hundred of them. You wouldn't even you wouldn't even have a house. You just have micro lights and backpacks, and you'd fly across the country in like hops. You just do maybe oh, I'll do a couple of miles today, a couple of miles tomorrow, and you just go to where there was fuel and some food, and then you could just get across the country. You'd keep on the move the whole time. Yeah, but the other thing, of course, I guess the first thing you want to do is get in a place that had that barricaded entrance where they where they couldn't get in, like. Well, you can't really get away, but obviously. How, yeah. how far have you seen into the? I'm in, but well, we don't want to give anything away. I'm in. Okay, I'm nothing. in the. I'm three or four. Yeah, I'm third episode of the second season. Okay, on well, nine episodes, and so don't want to give anything away. But yeah, you'd want to. You'd you'd want to get to a place where it's like you you don't want to be like a place where they can just walk from in from any direction. Yeah, you know, but you can tell from the first episode, these people are just sitting out wide open. They got no defense. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, and it's it's not really crediting 
people. I mean, people wouldn't be that stupid, would they? I don't think so. No, well, people do stupid things. Well, you think you're, well, we think in, this, in panic situations, people do, people, pa- people panic, act irrationally. They yeah. don't do, so you can see lots of people doing really dumb things guess, yeah. because they're just freaking out, especially when their friends and loved ones are becoming infected and turning and killing them. They, they're not really. It's like, oh, my, my wife or my husband or my kids, this is all we got to, we can't leave, we got to do something. People are just doing really stupid things. I mean, in ter- stupid in terms of not being able to maximize, optimizing for their own survival. They're optimizing for feelings and guilt and regret and f- fear and other things. I mean, let's say there was a hundred outside that front window there, right there. Mm-hmm. What would you do this second? If there were a hundred outside this window? I don't just know, there. I, I'm not sure what I would actually do. Well, there's not a whole lot you could do because they yeah. probably come there's right no through the window. Out. Yeah, there's no other way out of this place, is there? No, no. See, there's. Well, oh, you know, no. Here's here's what you'd ha- here's what you'd have to do. Uh, here's what you'd have to do. Okay, so like, um, in assuming that we could just wait for other people to show up and the police, someone to call the police, right? Right. <laughs> like we're we're assuming most people are dead. Yeah, we get stuck in your. It is the apocalypse. We're doing this podcast, right? We don't realize we didn't get the memo. We that didn't there get was the memo, on. and all of a sudden we start hearing these knocks on the window. And it's like this big double sliding window right there. Um, well, I think what you'd want to do, yeah. I don't think they knock. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right, here's what you want to do. <laughs> what you'd want to do is 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 put on as many layers of clothes like they they have, that they couldn't bite through. That's a very good idea. And then you just go, and you just go running out there as fast as you can, knock Why a bunch of them over like bowling that? pins. Why do they never say just just wear like like twenty? Sweaters, why do they never say that? Well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, if I was in there, I would be like, we're going to go on hunting expeditions. Like, let's just go clear, like, calling it clearing. And I, you, you'd want to put on, like, the kind of, I'm sure they could find, if they scavenge enough, find the kind of, like, um, clothes and material they can bite through. Have you ever seen those sumo wrestling suits, the blow up ones? Yeah, I don't think that's, <laughs> that's what quite what I had in mind. <laughs> that's a great idea about that. And, and you could wear, like, um, like, a, like a, a, a diving helmet. A diving helmet? Yeah. Probably one of them like a motorcycle helmet. Oh, uh, yeah. But that's so crazy. Maybe. That's such an obvious and easy way. Football helmet, maybe. That like the zombies oh. would try and eat you and, and then they'd be like, oh, forget it. You're, yeah. He's too chewy. I'm going somewhere else. He's too, he's too much effort. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So I get, I, anyway, I get addicted to thinking about what I would do, trying, how, how I try and organize things and get people to say, okay, this is what we got to do. This is how we're going to get you know uh, this is how we're going to barricade ourselves build up our defenses and then the best defense is good offense now we got to do is got to go clear out these guys imagine if um they'd got to the point where they'd interface electronics with the brain and they had virtual reality that you could just feel in your brain you could go through all these scenarios for real Mm -hmm. you know that would be awesome how long do you reckon till till we can do that till we have do we have like virtual reality implants? Yeah, virtual reality implants, completely immersive matrix style <laughs> virtual reality. I don't know, man. Well, yeah, it seems like you ever, you ever see those um those like those commercials for like Call of Duty and stuff. That stuff looks pretty impressive. It does look good. Yeah, I haven't. I, I never played. I never play video games, but no, me too. But they look pretty impressive. They look pretty immersive. I don't know. As far as you can get on the screen. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you got any tech stories? We're we're an hour and um, <laughs> Aaron's. Let's see what I got Aaron here. Five um. Oh, you, you've been following that like Kim.com story? Yeah, and the whole the mega well, upload. There's a few different things about that. Did you, are you going to refer to the one about how when they shut it down, uh, basically movie revenue went down in cinemas? 
No, I'm going to tell. So Kim Kim.com is the founder of Mega Upload, right? Right. So yeah, it was raided by some by anti some New Zealand anti terror anti terrorist unit, Homeland Security, U.S. Homeland Security. I mean, they just they basically he had a you know big big house, almost like a compound, and they just raided it with just like helicopters and you know hundreds of cops. I mean, just totally overdone, as if they were taking down like uh, so, some um, some cocaine kick but obviously there was a massive amount of um movie file sharing going Mm -hmm. on through the site so i can't remember the blog post but they were saying that they had correlated lower uh box office takings takings after the kim.com takedown Mm -hmm. and the the reasons that they were saying is because for example if you've got lots and lots of people looking at this looking at the show that's basically marketing Mm -hmm. right people are watching the movie and then they're talking about it with their friends Mm -hmm who probably aren't going to pirate it or some will or some won't. Yeah. And and they're saying, oh, well, that was such an amazing movie. And their friends are going, oh, I'm going to go and see it. Yeah, the, the vast majority of people don't BitTorrent stuff. They're not going to have, I mean, I don't, it's like, I don't have time for that. I don't, I mean, even, even, even if I wasn't worried about any potential legal issues, I just don't have time for it. I, I, I'll pay for it. I mean, it's, it's like kids, it's really mostly kids and young people who, you know, 10 bucks, is more money than they want to spend on something. I don't. I don't care about that. So, what was the aspect that you were going to bring up? Well, so it turns out that that um, w- um, the FBI had had had, or they uh, let's just say, Meg Upload cooperated with the FBI when the FBI was going after uh, Ninja Video. It was called, and and because Ninja Video had a bunch of illegal videos on on Meg Upload servers. And they cooperated with the F- doc, um, Mega Upload cooperated with the FBI. And then after they took down Ninja Video, you know, they emailed the FBI and said, "What should we do with these these files?" And the uh, they had no response or whatever. And then it turns out that that was one of the primary pieces of evidence that Homeland Security used to get a warrant to go after, or, or, or as used as justification to go after Mega Upload. Were these thirty-nine illegal files that were being shared? Which they had helped them. Which the FBI told them not to tell anybody, not talk about, to leave it on their servers that they were using as evidence to bring down <laughs> oh. a ninja video. Yeah, it's a totally ridiculous. It's is, it is absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I feel I feel bad for those guys. Um, so, um, we'll talk about Catalyst. Yeah, and then after that, we'll, we'll talk about. Um, the Splitsville app that I released and uh, that's been on the front page of Hacker News all day, actually. Is it? What's it? What numbers have? Uh, it's on. It's uh, still on number seventeen right now. Not bad. Yeah. So it's it's been on. I mean, it's been on there. How many points? I guess like four or five hours. Only thirty three for some reason. Yeah. Well, you 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 put it on late. Yeah. Um. So we'll only talk about that first. Ah. Oh, now that now that I brought it up. All right. Yeah. Well, it's not going to take too long. Uh. Basically. Oh. I'm just looking at the comments and there's some horrible comments in there, which I'm not going to look at. Uh, but basically it was released. It's now on the app store. And um, I just wrote a little blog about it. Just saying this is the anatomy of a, of a native feeling um, HTML web app. Right. Put it on Hacker News and it's doing pretty well. And you're getting slammed in the comments. <laughs> I'm getting slammed in the comments. Yeah. Just, what are the just, comments? Why are they slamming you? Right now. What, are they, what are they? Well, okay. So Amadeus22 says, no, Amadeus actually. This app is so painfully a web app. Here's why. First thing I did, started dragging around when I was presented with some gray-brown screen. So I got a nice little rubber bandy action on the gray screen. Web app. 
Since there's no normal iOS UI pieces, I find myself being more critical of it because it's unfamiliar. I tap the input for the dollar amount. I'm presented with the default keyboard. Very crappy for entering in dollar amounts. Web app. Oh, yeah. Also, the entire view slides up on focus. Web app. (laughs) When changing the number of guests, I get a weird white flash before everything animates in. Typically a sign of a web app. (laughs) And then, of course, there's the final piece. This app is a tech demo, not a serious application. It makes no calls to the server, has no scroll views, etc. There are decent examples out there of what a good web app can do. This is not one of them. Okay, well, address their criticisms. What's uh, his criticisms? What's the... Well, basically, I, I just think that um, it's being picky and finickety. I mean, the thing is, is that there are plenty of native um, apps that don't look like the iOS system. You know, in fact, I actually don't like an app to look like the iOS system. I like to have a bit of character. Okay. Right. Right. And this app has character. Uh, the The main point is, is that when you touch the controls and you click a button, mm-hmm. it's responsive. I mean, sure. there's no lag. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it lags, like there's a kind of half a second wait like there is with a normal web app. Right. You know? Right. Um, as you as you click stuff, it does stuff instantly. It just it just doesn't hang around. And that's the main aspect of whether it's something feels native or not. Right. Like the, I think what basically what he's saying is, oh, there's no iOS UI pieces, which is actually not quite true, because when you click into the number input, it does actually bring up the standard UI number input keyboard and things like that. So that's kind of a lie. Um but anyway, I would just say to our, I mean, that, by the way, can, that's, can you bring up a number input? Well, you can't, no, you can't bring up the, like the phone style number uh, input. You why? can't do that. I, I don't know why, I don't know why they don't do that, but you can basically bring up a, like a number f- oriented input. So you know how with a normal keyboard, you've got the number state yeah, and the, yeah. it switches to the number state by default when you okay. open it up. So okay. that's where it's at. Uh, you know, it's okay. It's good enough. Um, I mean, the thing is, this obviously that's just you know a very harsh critic of right it, right mm-hmm. but anyway i would like to invite listeners to go and check it out just go to itunes and type in splitsville mm-hmm. install it on your iphone and see what you think and right. see whether that guy is just being you know a curmudgeon right or right. whether it is kind of good anyway i think it's okay yeah i mean i think he did a nice job with the responsiveness and and the look and feel is great you know and there's certain things you just can't overcome and some people are going to care about those things and some people aren't yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, the question is, it, what do you, what do you care about? I bet you that that guy is probably, or, or girl, is a native, is probably iOS, a native developer iOS. and just, it's, it's something that goes against their career or something like that. So they want to say how horrible it is. I think so. That's I think they have vested. That's usually the way when, when someone's really visceral, they usually have a vested interest. Yeah. I don't know. I, they could be true, but a lot of times people just are, they just like certain things and they'll defend it to the nth degree. Yeah. You know, a, um, could be a religious thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, you see it, you see it all all the time with Ruby. Right. Or I mean, Max versus windows and whatever. I mean, it's just, but in some senses you're kind of asking, I was asking for it by saying, you know, anatomy of a native feeling HTML5 app. I was asking for it by saying that. So of course someone's going to go, no, it's not. Yeah, it what, doesn't feel native. What I think I might have done, I mean, obviously now we have some information, I have more information than you had, but as I would have said, in an, if, if you're going to attempt to create a native looking as possible HTML5, an HTML5 app that, 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 that looks and feels as much like a native app as you can. Well, make I said it. native feeling, not native looking. Right, yeah. or whatever. Native yeah. feeling, right. Yeah. You know, here are the things that I, here are the problems I ran into. This is what I tried. This is, this is the things that didn't work that were too slow. And here's how I got around it. You know, kind of technical. Like here, and you probably could have gone, you know, between five and 10 
things that you learn and you sort it out, which have been much more of an, you know, rather than like, this is as good, which clearly, even if you have a great looking web app, it's still not going to be as good as native. So you're, you're putting yourself in a yeah, no, you're, situation. You're, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. But also if you, if you, if you stayed on the technical, if you got really technical, and very specific and you went through a trial and error and it's much more of an educational thing where people go, Oh, that's a good idea. I shouldn't do that. Mine, you know, the that I think you would have gotten, um, more love. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. That's why you're supposed to consult me before you write these things. <laughs> oh. oh, well. But then maybe I, you know, I'm operating with more information now than, uh, than before. Well, I mean, I, I thought, I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, you know what? It's got the, the main point was that it needed to get some installs for mm-hmm. Uber Media. And you think right? this all? I, I know that it's definitely got a couple of hundred installs already today through, really? that, through that Hacker News post. Yeah, because everyone who goes there goes, Oh yeah, let me let me you know prove it to me. So they install it to see. So at mm-hmm. least they've installed it. Whether they keep it on their system is another thing. But uh, right now, so this is a phone. This is PhoneGap. PhoneGap, phone yeah. Okay, so yeah. PhoneGap. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, so what were you gonna what were you gonna talk about? Oh, one thing. Other than I say, just while we're on mobile apps, so I um I finally got this little uh, um this mobile app for MarketX, which is one of my clients. Are you are you allowed to? Yeah, I can say it's MarketX. Okay, yeah. In MarketX, and they're like a um. What they do is uh, they're creating a market. They do a, they are creating a marketplace for used hardware for companies. Yeah. So let's say that you have, you know, twenty servers that you want to sell. They're two years old, and you want to buy some new ones. You can use the um, their service where you go through the web or you go through the the uh, iPhone app that I just built, and and just upload or you know type add the inventory and, and just go ahead and sell them and just put them up and then I'll put them create a market for them and then say I want to buy these twenty iPads or whatever that's so it's it's a, it's, a, it's a marketplace yeah so anyway i was using titanium and the, the funniest I, I have a love-hate relationship with titanium okay i love it because it's javascript and it's so it's just like writing a like a single page javascript yeah app so it's so easy in that way and um and it's and it's not like it's it's not like doing the um I mean, I think when you when you used it to create Swarm, you were writing it like in, a, in an HTML page. It's the same as PhoneGap. I, you I, yeah, I you use it, it like that. Yeah. Like I, I write it more like it's just a, it's, there's no, it's just a bunch of, it's like I'm writing a Node.js application yeah. or something. It's just a, there's but, no HTML or CSS or file. No, like no, that. you're just, you're just using the, the native API and you're just. It generates, like, it generates. JavaScript is your control language. And actually, gen, but it, I think it actually generates, it, you, it takes that JavaScript and generates Objective-C. No, it doesn't. I'm not sure. I don't no, think that's no, true. It, it I think it's when you did that i think when you use it and when you used javascript inside a web view it does that no, and, but i think I, when I, you write it without that no i was i was looking at an article about this because they they def, they were kind of shirking around it they would never say whether it did or it didn't actually it doesn't compile to objective c what it does is it uses components that are pre-compiled so it, it the, the javascript that you create mm-hmm. basically interfaces with pre-compiled components is that right so all those components are native yeah because we we found this out as well when we did the ai for swarm basically we did the ai in um the the native the native i've got an in inverted commas okay the native as the native javascript compiler mm-hmm. it was no faster than normal than regular javascript hmm. so we so we found that out and then plus also i saw this article where they said okay definitively it's not actually compiled it's just kind of interfacing with really components. okay yeah Wow. Well, anyway, so the, the the biggest problem with it, though, for me, is that it had all these build errors for the last couple of months. Like I couldn't build an ad hoc app, and it's just because it had errors in their in their in their build system. 
Yeah. And there was no way around it. I mean, it was just, you know, I, sometimes I, I listen to Marco Armand's um, podcast. Was it called Build and Analyze? Yeah. Which I think is coming to an end in a, another week or two. And, um, you know, his, his old perspective is like, you know, don't, he always advises against using tools like that. Like just use native because now you're dependent on this other service and there's any limitations they have or any bugs and you're having to deal with that. And that's a really good point. Um, so we all use other components, libraries and frameworks um, to build stuff. I mean, usually, you you know, but when you use a library, if, if the library doesn't work, you can say, all right, well, I won't use that library. I'll choose this other library. Framework's a little more problematic because if all of a sudden this framework doesn't work, it's hard to get in and fix a framework. Um, usually you can go around it or whatever. But when you're using something like Titanium, there's really no out. Like if something just doesn't build, you're kind yeah. of screwed, yeah. right? And so it's so frustrating because it's like you're almost there. It almost works, but you just can't get it to finish building. And it's just... Uh, so frustrating, but like finally, uh, I I, up, I was trying to upgrade to the latest SDK and it wouldn't allow me to upgrade, and it was all this stuff wouldn't work. And finally, I just uninstalled everything and started everything from scratch, and finally got everything to build. And I was just like, whew. What about making it look nice? How's that been? It looks, I mean, it looks just like a native. Yeah, it, you can it do looks it. native, but does it look um, nice? Because when you showed it to me, you were like, oh yeah, but this, well, it's because I didn't do any nice. of the design. I mean, because I was just uh, I, I was just using default. You know, oh, have you, have you done the design yet? Yeah, I mean, the designer. Uh, in fact, I was looking at some emails right for a few minutes ago, and the designer has, you know, he's sending me, you know, images that's what I'm things. interested to see is like what we can look at that. It'll what look kind at of effort is it like to make it look nice? I don't think any more effort than it is to make a normal iPhone app look nice. I mean, it's like, no, no, I'm you, not, I'm, if you an image, you'd say, What's the background image for this button? Okay, so you add, so you do, so you add background image and that kind of thing. Right? This, uh, what's the background color? What's uh, no, the, I, know, I, I mean, I, I don't really, I mean. Against, like, for example, standard JavaScript, CSS. I'm What's the background image for this div? So it's the same. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a button. It's not a div. It's a button. And a button has a one of the properties in the constructor is background image, width, okay, so height. It's, it's, it's you know, exactly the same amount um, of, of work as CSS or HTML. Yeah. I mean, you just said a bunch of... Um, it has a default. Like, if you create, like, a button, yeah. it has a bunch of default properties... You know, if you want to set the width as opposed to an auto or set the height as opposed to auto or font size and width, or you want to set the color or the background color. So, the, they, so they have that within, within their API. Yeah. Oh, so, so, so when you're doing a list, can you, it's easy to like have a list with like a picture in, in the list and you have some text and you can, you can have bold. And yeah. Text yeah. And like the what they call it a table view. It's just gradient. like a, is yeah. And, and inside a table, each row, you can, you can, each row is like a div. So you can put like images and text inside that div and position them. Down and then you can like bun- have a bunch of those together to, for a list view, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. You can do all that. Nice. Yeah. So anything that I designed, anything in the app that I showed you that didn't look nice had nothing to do with capability. It had to do with the fact that I wasn't going to it. invest time designing it when the yeah. designer and I hadn't even sat down for five minutes to talk about what it should look like. I'm just throwing up the basic generic information that was on their website. So, okay, this is when you're looking at the marketplace, you're looking at a product, this is the information that needs to be on the page. So I throw it up there. I make it look at least passable so you can see what it's supposed to be. And then I'll go, all right, like what font do we want it? How do we want this to look? What's it, you know? Okay. Cool. Right. So, um, anyway, so let's, let's talk Catalyst. Yeah, good. Yeah. So, um, CJ is gone. Oh, that's going to be tough considering that, that I'm, I'm not going to be coming anymore either. Is that right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> a, wow. No, so, so CJ, um, was a, a, it was a, he's a listener to the show and he also had volunteered 
right i think at, right after the was it for, did he come to the very first yeah i think i maybe, think he did i think maybe. he came to the very first yeah, uh yeah. session so and he he said he, he lives in the area and said he'd like to like to help out and he's been a big help i mean it's just it's nice to have you know two or three you know developers there working with the kids you know yeah. it's, it's tough when it's just your, i mean it's just me which it was once or twice and it's sort of exhausting um you know, because kids, it's it's sometimes they just don't get stuff, and and, and they don't want them to get frustrated. So if you can quickly jump, and, you know, sit down next to them and go, okay, let's let's go through this. And but you can't do that when you have twelve kids, yeah, ten it's kids. One person, right? If you have three of you, you can sit down. If you have three of us, then each one of them can sit down with a table of two or three and like let's walk through this, guys. You know, you know, and how what's a variable again? Okay, how do we increment a variable? You know, you can do that. Um, so uh, he so CJ uh, took off to. Um, Catalyst to go to Catalyst class, which is a you know we've talked about on the show. So he's up there in San Francisco. So no more CJ, which was I'm a bummer. really interested to see how that goes for him because this like somehow in my mind the idea of going away and not being a coder and then go, working for three months and then being employable does seem a bit weird. I mean, that's I how think, school works. Yeah. So you go to college, you go, you go learn, and then you get hired out of college. <laughs> yeah, but it's not work. just three months. Yeah, but it's it's, a, it's a very intensive three months that are specific to learning one very uh, practical set of skills. So, like, you know, if you know, say, I went to college for math, right? I took a bunch of different math courses, and by the time I graduate, you know, I hadn't taken some of them a couple of years. I might have been a little rusty on things. I mean, a lot of it, my head. Nothing to do with anything that an employer would want. So when I went and I started doing right at college and I was working doing research and development for a trading firm, it was all applied math kind of stuff. It was all probability statistics. And it had nothing to do with complex variables or functional analysis or points of topology. Nothing. Yeah. It's just completely irrelevant. So he's going to build, they're going, I guess, using Rails and CSS and I don't know. I mean, I, I mean they're, they're doing like all the standard web stack stuff, I, I think. And, um, they're going to be building their own projects and they're doing it from nine to six, six days a week. I mean, that's intense. It's not like you're just taking a class three days a week, you know, for a couple hours for three yeah, months. That's true. a lot. It's a very condensed. So you come out of that, there's not, there's not going to be very much stuff that you learned in the beginning and forgot. You're going to know everything that's relevant to what you're doing. And, you know, um, I don't think you're going to come out of it with the equivalent of a computer science degree. You're not going to have, you know, learn machine architecture and, and you know, algorithm and data structure. But, but that stuff isn't really relevant right, to building. So, so when you come out of it, you'll be able to take a supporting role in a team. You won't be able to, big, like, be a, be a solo developer or something. Well, even if you came out of a degree in computer science from uh, MIT, right? I mean, you're not learning you know, get in the Rails stack and in oh, and all no, the latest no. CSS things, you're taking, you're doing C++ and Lisp and data structure stuff, which are all really hard things to learn and, and, can, and are invaluable in their own right, but they really may or may not have much to do with building a, a um, uh, professional quality web or server-side app or whatever. You're probably going to sit down with senior developers and go, let's, let's, this is, this is our stack. And you're many, gonna have to take let me ask stack. you, how many apps are you going to build in uh, three months? How many, how many websites? I think they're going to work on one major project each. So one project. Now, now think back through your career and the different, you know, all the different projects that you've worked on, the different things that you've done, right? If you just coming, if you, if you were approaching a new project with just one project under your belt and that new project was basically completely different, mm -hmm. it would be pretty difficult, right? I don't, I don't understand. I don't. 
I mean, it's you have to start somewhere. So I don't, I don't right. get what I mean. So who who are they going to hire? The companies have to hire somebody, right? And and so companies that are looking to hire junior people, would you rather hire somebody who's right out of working? Well, you know, no, totally, learning yeah, the totally. exact stack and the yeah. exact skills, and have built a project Perfect. to demonstrate that. So like so so basically, what you're saying is like a junior coder. Um, a support kind of coder who's who's coming in to be like a member of a team, yeah, and and they're going to be taught on the job as well. So they're, it's they're going it's going to be continued internship for them. Once no, it's not an internship. Job. It's a junior level position. Internships Jun- aren't paid generally. Okay, right. It's a junior level paid, but that's going to be the case. I mean, if you hire someone out of you know out of college, out of college. I mean, okay. they're still. I mean, they may be very bright and they might have learned some hard things, but the chance that they're going to know all the ins and outs of, of the stack that you're using. Yeah. Um, because it's changes so rapidly. I mean, yeah. you know, what was, what was in three years ago is not what's in now. Like the stuff people are using now. So colleges don't generally teach that stuff. And so unless these, unless the kids in college are taking, are, are, are working on the side and on their own projects or taking jobs in the summer, they may or may not be as familiar with the, with the latest, um, you know, development stack. I don't know. I think it. I think it's a really good idea. I think companies will. I know. I, I do think it's a good idea. I'm. I, that's why I said I'm really interested to see how well it does, and um, what how you know how those guys get placed. I'm also interested to see how much they had coded before. Like, if someone hadn't really coded before, or if someone had done like a couple of years of C plus plus for for science or whatever, mm-hmm. that probably makes a big difference too. In terms of what? Just how much they pick stuff up at the beginning. You know. You think knowing C++ is going to help them learn Ruby and CSS? I think that basic, you know, the more programming you've got under your belt. I mean, if you've never built functions before, like, you probably would be slower than someone who's built functions. Yeah, no, I I remember that from college. So, like, I took, um, I took, uh... Two courses in uh, in Scheme. It was a computer science sequence in, in college. And, um... I remember that the final for the major project for our first quarter was developing an adventure game in Lisp mm-hmm. or Scheme, rather. And I had a much easier time of it than most of the guys because, um, you know, none of them had really programmed that much. Where I had uh, worked during the summers for an engineering firm writing Pascal. I didn't, wasn't Lisp, but I knew, I just, my brain was used to thinking and like building you know, functions and functions on top, calling other functions and just building yeah, stuff. Abstracting right? stuff. You know, like abstract- how, I mean, how long does it take? How long does it take to, to get those basic concepts of like abstraction, building functions, returning stuff, input, output? Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm thick, but that took me more than three months to really get my head around the way that programming, <laughs> programming worked, right? So we've got three months of people learning the whole Ruby stack and programming at the same time. That uh, that's, Yeah, they're going to be junior. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be junior. There's no question about it. I don't think anyone's going to come out there making $200,000 a year at Google, right? I mean, right. or wherever. I'm, I mean, I, hey, of course, I Google doesn't pay that much. Google I pays hope they do well. I, I really do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, sound no, like I, I'm down on it. I'm not. I'm just, yeah, you're, I'm you're, interested. You're, yeah, you sound very skeptical, but you have to start somewhere. And I don't yeah. think that, I think um, three months, night and day coding on a, on a stack they may not be as good of programmers as, say, someone who is a computer science major from Stanford or MIT or something. But they may be more familiar with They'll get the problems they're solving. You don't yeah. have, dude, you don't necessarily have to be a great programmer to pull stuff out of a database using an object relational manager and right. put stuff into yeah. a form. I mean, right? I mean, it's yeah. not, it's not, 
rocket surgery, as they no, say. No, you're true. Yeah, rocket surgery. As <laughs> it's I not say. rocket surgery. As I say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not that hard. Uh, I mean, you know, building, there are things that you build that are, that are harder. But So anyway, back to Catalyst. Can we talk about the real Catalyst now? Okay, go on. Talk about fake Catalyst. All right. Um, so uh, I... Over the holidays, I was working on the um, on the Catalyst IDE, and um, I got it now so that the challenges. Well, okay, a couple of things. One thing we had levels, right? Yeah. We had a series of levels, and the levels were all um, robot oriented. You control a robot through an obstacle course. Yeah. So I was there were levels, but and I was talking with uh, with Guyon about the idea of using levels versus having challenges where you would accumulate points so it'd be just there wasn't there wouldn't be a direct sequence it wasn't like you do level one then you do level two and level three so you have to do things in a certain order and guyon was initially pushing he was he was suggesting that he thought that having lots of different challenges that you could just pick and choose from would be more fun allow them to explore more than going through a direct sequence of of levels like super mario brothers is that how super mario works yeah so you basically it has this kind of map and you can walk around and you can go into this world or you can go into that world or you can go into that world. Right. You can do it in the way you want to. So I was thinking, well, I'm, you know, my concern was like, well, if, if you, if you, if you make it too unstructured, the kids might just get confused and be unmotivated. Like, I don't, why am I, what am I doing? And, but then I realized after talking to him, I was thinking about it. It's like, you know, actually the real benefit is that if you have lots of challenges with points then you can always add stuff in later when you realize you screw things up. Because there's always times, there's, there's been plenty of times already, every single time when I create levels, I realize that was too hard of a step. I needed intermediate steps. Well, what happens if the kid, with our help, gets through level eight or nine, but you realize they needed four more steps in between seven or eight? Well, they're not going to do it. They're already at level nine. Yeah. Right? You need to add more in. And it, it sort of, it allows us to tinker and add stuff in more easily. And then I thought, okay, w- the idea of having lots of challenges, but I'm going to have them create, I'm going to have like an overall level that'll be lots of challenges. So kind of like karate, like you have your white belt, yellow belt, green belt. Right. So you unlock each overall level. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So you have to do all of the white belt stuff where you can go to yellow belt, but yeah. you have lots of different white belt and you can just kind of throw stuff in there um, at a certain level. Like, okay, well the basic and if, you know, and if then or. It's good because basically the way that you've done it so far, we've got like nine, I think, or 10 courses. And moving from one course to the next. Le- and they're like levels. They're levels. levels. And, yeah. and moving from one level to the next is maybe a bit too advanced. And, and you know, it's, it gives us scope as well. It makes our job easier if between level one and two, there's like 10 gradients. Yes. You know, and there's all sorts of different things. Plus also it makes our job easier because they're just going to get it when they do the same thing 10 times mm-hmm. with just a slight different variation. Yeah, which is really what you need. Like when yeah. you you would do math problems or whatever, you would do you wouldn't just do one one. Here's how you calculate the derivative of a polynomial. All right, here do an example. All right, you got it. Moving on. <laughs> you know, it's right. like no, you do lots of variations to kind of so so it. like level one could be called variables or something like that, and you just understand variables by doing level one. Well, I'm I'm actually going to make it like belts in karate, so that they can up at the top. It'll have like your green belt. Right, so it'll be like green. So it gives them a sense, like I, because it reminds me of when I was growing up. We would have these things called SRAs, so they, they say kind of like these work, it was like these work cards, and you, and you would want to get through the progressive levels. Like, oh, are you at red? Are you at purple yet? And it was like this, 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 this sort of achievement that you, you know that kept you motivated. And I think, and just like, you know, the fun that one of the fun things about like karate is the idea of like, oh, I want to get to be a, 
I'm going to get the next belt higher. And if they see the other kids, wow, this kid, they're already a green belt, then they're going to want to progress. So we can, a white belt can be a lot of the stuff we've already done. Basic loops, basic conditionals, variables, simple function. And then the yellow belt will be more complicated stuff, combinations of this stuff. So, but to get to a yellow belt, you have to have done the 10 or 20 challenges that are at the I white belt I think you need level. to very carefully think, I like the idea. I like it. I think you need to very carefully think through the belts, like the white, the green, the orange, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's enough colors and belts to go through the different levels of stuff because- Maybe you could do like a white belt one, a white belt two, a white belt three kind of thing. But you should do a list that's like, forget about the belts. Just go, look, this is what this is where we need to get them to, you know, fully blown programming. Right here, we need to explain how return works. Right here, we need to explain how variables work. Right here, we need to explain how functions work. Mm-hmm. So it, like, it feels to me like each one of those should be a, a belt. Mm-hmm. Like, because you need a lot to explain how Yeah, what work. I was thinking about too is that within like the, within a belt, like certain you would have to learn certain, you would have to complete certain um, challenges before another one. So like challenge five depends on completion of challenge three. Yeah. You can do four, five, and six once you've done three. They're all independent, but they become a lot, but they're all at the white belt level. Yeah. So like that. I think so. Yeah. I think, I think it could work, work well, but you'd need, cause there's what, seven belts? No, there's nine. Nine belts? White, yellow, green. Don't you need to White, go. yellow, orange, green, Blue, purple, red, brown, black. I think. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. Nice. Anyway, but the, but the the thing is, but you know, the kids may only get up to like say a green belt, and they're fully functional programmers by that point. Yeah. But it's not like, and then you know, you add in stuff like they can do Python. Some of the some of the exercises will be in Python. Some will be in JavaScript. Later on, we can add in Lisp or other like more complicated things, and and, and then we can add in more interesting types of challenges. You do things like recursion. I mean, the kids may never get that high. It may just you know, we kind of reach the limit of what eight or 11 year olds can do. Maybe they really can't go past a, a, a green or a blue belt. And it's just like, okay, recursion and traversing a, a, a link list or tree might just be too much. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's okay. That's fine. You know, and then we can go off and do some other things. We can start playing with electronics or we can build robotics. I mean, but, but just the idea is to get them to baseline functional, have a baseline skill in programming that they can write a function and they can kind of, they can kind of see it in their head, like, oh, you just write a loop and you do a conditional and you do this out. I mean, that's a big deal. You can get it to that point. That's that's a that's a huge win if we can get that point. Well, we're, do- we're doing it. We're getting it. It's getting close, but I think yeah. we need to solidify it. And so what I did at the challenges, this this took a lot of work, was now the challenges aren't just um, robot-oriented, navigating a robot through a course. It's a, it's a command line stuff. Oh, good. So write a function that takes in, called say hello, that gets past a name variable and returns hello name hello yeah. justin yeah and the way i do it and this actually took a lot of uh screwing around but um essentially i write a test function it's like a unit test or whatever you call it like a so for that function so how do i know if say hello works i pass in a name and then i compare the output right so I just yeah. write a little like a test function for every challenge yeah nice and uh and so it passes so the worker, the worker, web worker imports the script of the challenges and it gets the idea of the challenge and it looks up, gets a test function. So it's like writing unit tests. That's right. So it's right <laughs> a function. And then I'm even going to do it where you don't even have to do a function where it's like, we might have a simple one like say print hello. And then I can, I can, if I know it's in, in challenge mode, I can intercept the print and I go like, what's, what's the, what's it actually printing what's out? What's the output? Then yeah. that's it. Yeah, cool. And so we can do, and then we can make lots of simple 
types of functions that are easier easier to teach them than we can with the the, the navigating robot is very cool and it gets them over a lot of humps but there are other things that they need to learn that are outside of say controlling a robot yeah we're 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 using the robot analogy just as cumbersome and and, and maybe even misleading like just working with variables working with you know having multiple parameters in a function returning stuff difference between strings and in numbers and i mean you can do all that stuff very easily with writing command line functions but it's it's hard to kind of work that in to well the only way that you can get this robot to do what it do what it's doing is do these weird things with strings and numbers i mean that's a little bit forced yeah so tonight and tomorrow i'm going to work a little bit on the um is uh, is where it just automatically saves the um saves your files almost got that working and accumulates your points and I'll just throw something together real quick with lock-in unlocking challenges based on whether you completed other challenges. Cool. But one other thing is, like, when it finishes the challenge, it auto-progresses to the next one? Not anymore. Okay, I took great. that out because I remember you were, like, okay, bitching great. about that. Yeah, like, cool. this sucks. <laughs> cool. okay, great. Yeah, no, it doesn't do that anymore. Um, it'll just say you're done, and then it'll just click the challenges, and you'll come with a list of challenges. And the other thing is what they'll do is so they'll have this huge list of challenges, and I'll have it, like... I may not have this ready by tomorrow, but it'll have ultimately be like by belt rank. Yeah. You know, these are white, these are white belt challenges and, yeah. and a list like this is the name of it. Is it, is it a command line or a robot type of challenge? Is it dependent Does on... Does it have points yet? And then, and then I'll add points and I'm add points, but that's easy to do now. I've got all this hard stuff. So okay, I think, do, the, I think, do the points first so, yeah. they, so that that's ready for tomorrow. Yeah, that's Because the white belt thing isn't as important as the points. The points, just getting yeah. basic points. And... Um, yeah, I think that's that's it. So, but uh, yeah, I'm pretty psyched about it. I think it's going to work. Cool. I think it's going to. Oh, the other thing I did for last week, which I think uh, you liked, was the ability to you'd click on this button and it would show like a cheat sheet of all the like how to do loops and if then if and conditionals and yeah, yeah, nice, like a little a little manual. Because the kids forget the syntax. It's just like when you're like for us, like you're learning regex or git or something. You're like, oh, what is the? Th- yeah, I rebase against master, and then I do a force. You're like, I need the, I need to look at a, a, a you know a cheat sheet because I always forget it. You know, and I think the kids are, for us, we're, we've been programming so long that you, you don't forget the syntax for a switch statement. But the kids, well, one one of the kids, I can't remember which one, already copped onto the fact that you can expand that little menu and then you can just copy and paste. Yeah. You can just copy and paste. Them. Yeah, they were all doing it. Yeah, great. Well, well, actually, Riley and McCarley, McCarley figured it out, and and Colby wouldn't do it because he didn't. He felt it was cheating. Right, right. He was like, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do. Copy I'm and not. Paste. I'm not cheating. Yeah, I'm not gonna copy and paste. I'm gonna write it out by hand. Yeah, by nice. hand. But um, I think that with the points and the belts and all the stuff, I mean, it's getting pretty close to the point where we can actually. It's a pretty all round useful tool. You know, I mean, I don't know how long ago before I would like literally open it up for other people. I know Guyon uses it with his son. He used it with his son Saul the other day. He said it huh. worked pretty well. Cool. So it'd be kind of thing that maybe in the next couple of months we encourage our listeners, you know, have any of them who have kids say, hey, give it a shot. And yeah. it's ready for, you know, for that. I mean, you'd have to be a programmer yourself because we don't have instructions of like, what is a while loop? Here are yeah. examples. Yeah, I mean, exactly. you'd have to, if yeah. you're a programmer, you can go through it and be like, sit with them and go, oh, okay, so we, we got to do this. And, you know, great. That's really good. So I guess that's it. We're we're about running out of time, aren't we? Yeah, that's been that's. I think it's uh, been pretty good one. Let me make sure. I don't think there's any critical things that I forgot. There were other things we could talk about, but um, we we wish Ben Boyter well. Obviously, um, Ben, uh, get well soon. Hope you're listening to this. Oh, last thing I want to talk about. Yes, Ben. Hopefully, I of course already wished him well. In the yeah. comments. So. Um, 
My Mac is getting slow as hell. What is that about? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's the hard drive or what. I mean, something's it, it's it used to never. Did you get a ba- did you set yourself up with a backup system yet? No, but what I'm going to do. Do you know how easy it is? It, like, honestly, which one do you use? It's $100. You just buy one a, time. A, a, one time. You just buy a one terabyte. Not $100 a month or something. You just buy a one terabyte system, right? Like a, like a, my, a passport drive that I got over there. You plug it in your Mac. Oh, you're not talking about like using Backbase or Back, whatever uh, I, these I online. Use, well, I, I, I use Backblaze as well. That's five bucks a month. And that just backs up your data. But that the the time machine backs up the whole thing so you could get a new mac and just one button and it, it resets it up the way you yeah have it. yeah so i i'm going to i'm going to do that very uh, soon i mean i mean like within the next couple of days actually Christmas. if you if you do the way that i've got it here right with um i've just just got this set up and it's really really nice basically it's a t- um an airport express extreme mm-hmm. right and then the one ter- the 2 terabit drive plugs into that and then all you do is whenever you're on the wireless network, it's backing it up. Right. That's good. Yeah. yeah so I need to, I need to, I need to come up with, um, I need to come up with, I need to, well, first thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to get all my most important files and just put them on Dropbox temporarily. Like that, I can just do that like right away, just like tomorrow or tonight. Yeah. Because the, 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 the computer's acting kind of funky and it's got me a little nervous. Yeah. And you, I don't want to wait. You should do like, that. Back you know, because I got to go buy some hardware, order some hardware. And, you know, I, I just don't have a lot of time the next couple of days. And, um, the, uh, but it's just getting really slow. I think I might need to get an, I think I might get an SSD hard drive. I was thinking the same thing. And getting, and getting, uh, like upgrading from 40, either 12 or 16 gigs. But if you RAM. do get the SSD, then you'll definitely want to do the time machine backup because right. that's the only way you can get stuff onto it. Right. But you know, one thing is I, I'm wondering like how much crap I have installed that I don't want. Like I almost want like a, like a fresh powder, you know, like a fresh install. Like just get the seven or eight or ten programs that I actually use and just start from scratch, huh? You okay. know, because a lot of the stuff is you just... you only use that many, right? Well, you know, it's like over the over the last couple of years or how long it's been since I've had a Mac, it's like I've just installed a lot of stuff that I don't use, and I just wonder how much of it is just kind of creating, you know, clutter or problems. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, like, well, why would it suddenly also, be slow? There's also Mac cleaning programs that you can get that just basically clean it out. Mm-hmm. Like just Mac, just Google Mac cleaner. Mm-hmm. You know, try running that. Back, back it up first. You're right. But uh, try running Mac cleaner, and maybe maybe it's just like a whole Windows registry thing where it just cleans it up and makes it work a bit faster. Right. I found this one website. I, I I'll put a link on the in the notes. It, it was they they'll actually do all the upgrade for you. They'll do the SSD and uh, upgrade your RAM and do it all for you. Like oh, for really? Two or three hundred bucks or something, which was like worth it to me. I'm just to get that all done. So what? Where are you, you going to send your Mac off? I don't know where it is. I mean, I, hopefully there's something that's semi-local or something. Oh, we'll find that out because I want to do the same thing. Because I don't want to. Sp- I don't want to spend a ton of time doing it. I just yeah. want to get it up and get things moving because I don't. I can't afford to be down for like two days. There's no way. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'd rather. Like, I need to be. I need to be like a taking it to like the the genius bar where you just show up and they do it in like an hour or two and then you come back. Or I mean, I could drop it off someplace for four hours and come back. Something like that. It would be impressive if they do it in four hours. Maybe they don't. I'm doing because it's like 500, 500 gigs of data it needs to transfer. Five hundred gigs. Well, how many gigs do you have on yours? Oh, I don't think I have nearly that much. I mean, especially when you consider the stuff that actually matters. You know, I mean, the data that I have. Yeah. I mean, other than some pictures and some videos, the rest is just code. And just talking about the raw source code that what about actually the database matters? of what all of the different apps you work on. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, it's not okay. much. Yeah. I mean, nothing's nothing's local. Okay, fair enough. So I don't really have that much data. That's what I'm saying. I could grab the vast majority of stuff that I care about are some old documents, photos, and, and code. I mean, what's the most valuable stuff you have? It's photos and code, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's not like... I don't know. Unless you're unless you're doing video production or something. Yeah. Well, good luck and let me know. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we're uh, I think we're done now. I got to get out of here. All right. That's a wrap. We're out. Peace.